0: This is Y-Tune Shuffle.
1: Y-Tune Shuffle, it's the music that informs our lives.
0: The rules here are that there are no rules other than just bring in your music, Mm. hit play. And
1: then we get to pick your brain about why those
2: songs. Welcome to Y-Tune Shuffle, a show about the music that inspires our lives. Brought to you by Weed Sellers, Because nothing goes better with music than weed. Weed Sellers 1. With your host. Maggie Mayfield and David Earl waterman
0: yeah this is this is uh, you know you're here you gave your songs to Maggie I don't know what they are so ah. I'll be pleasantly surprised right. our last guest was uh, a friend of mine so he sent me his songs and I forwarded them yeah but I tend to forget between the time they send me the songs and then the show actually goes on yeah so it's it's part of the fun for listeners <clears throat> and for for us is like oh yeah wow and then you know so it's just gonna be basically an interview how are you you know what, what what's going on with you in la this last comic standing whatever you want to talk about awesome where you're hanging out and 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 uh it's your turn to to play music cool so,
2: yeah yeah
1: this is uh this is your show and we're just asking all the questions hopefully yeah. the right ones yeah. <laughs> so dope, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah these are all, these, half of these are just songs that make me cry so that's great
0: i was
1: like you were gonna be so surprised i certainly was as you sent them and you seem yeah. to do it very quickly too oh five, yeah
2: you were like yep i know exactly what they are like you had them in your back pocket. Like, here you go. This yeah. was not hard for you. No, no. Oh, I, I, wow. I that's list, I listen to music consistently. Yeah. The voice okay. that you're
1: hearing is Martin Morrow. Hello. It was uh, a, one of my favorite com- budding comedians in Los Angeles. Oh, thank you. So funny. Um, you were on Lost Comic Standing. You've done lots of television appearances as a comedian.
2: hmm Wow.
1: Are you doing acting stuff, too?
2: I am, yeah. M- mostly commercial work right now, uh, but I still do auditions every now and then. Uh, do a little bit of improv, but... For the most part, just stand up and riding.
1: And he plays the
2: drumbone. That's very true.
0: Mm. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the longer horn with the stick shift on the bottom.
2: With the, we, we call it a slide. The but slide. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, oh. <laughs> the stick the, the, shift. The manual transmission. <laughs> yes, that <laughs> one, yeah. How long have you been playing? I started in the sixth grade.
1: Wow. Yeah,
2: and then I, I stopped for a little bit because I became an adult. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that was after college, and then... When I was working at Second City, uh, I played a little bit for some of the shows there, and then when I moved out here, uh, I went on OfferUp and found one for like $150. It's and fine. Yeah. yeah. I have to have it. Right? Is
1: it because you started with the recorder, and then after like fourth grade, they were like, never mind. <laughs> you, know, you can pick something else now.
2: Well, uh, we did the recorder in for my school, I think, in third grade. Then I transferred schools. Ooh. And in sixth grade, uh, you know, I was like, do you want to do marching band or do you want to play football? And I was like, I'm tiny. So (laughs) I I did band and I was initially supposed to play the flute. Like that's what I because they did test for us. And I guess the flute was what I tested the best at. But this being kind of rural Alabama, they were like, we don't think he'd be happy on that. So they traded me over to trombone and I was like, it kind of sucked at first. But then, like, I think around ninth or tenth grade, I got really, really good.
1: So is that where you're from, Alabama?
2: Mm-hmm. Birmingham.
1: Wow.
0: Birmingham, Alabama. Yes, sir. Uh, born till how long?
2: Uh, well, I was born in Fort Worth, Texas, so oh, I was okay. there till I was five, and then Alabama, I was there from uh, five till 21.
0: What took you to Alabama besides mom and dad? <laughs> that, <laughs> that was it. That was. I <laughs> wasn't how a five-year-old like you, you know Fort Fort what I, wanna, yeah. like. <laughs> I wasn't a five-year-old like you know
2: what I think Alabama's yeah. the next move in my career. <laughs> <laughs> That's where, where I'm gonna take it.
0: Right. You well know. your fo- do what do your folks do like to get down there to, to Birmingham?
2: Uh well my my parents got divorced, but they were both from Alabama. Oh, so okay. my mom okay. just, you know, after the divorce was like, All right, yeah. I'm moving back home and yeah. it was kinda
1: yeah. brothers, sisters?
2: No, only child.
1: Wow, lucky.
2: I mean, lonely, but (laughs) the same. That's true. Something (laughs) goes
1: wrong, they all know who did it. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. So, but I I was like, I was a good kid. I didn't really. I I would do. My mom says I would do one bad thing every leap year, and that was like basically, or every other year. Good kid. This is
1: your year then to be bad.
2: No is it? Is it looping? no 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 there was much oh was, that was my childhood i think i'm out of the okay. du- yeah because now you can get arrested for stuff so yeah right now <laughs> yeah. you're accountable for your actions yeah right. yeah now there are consequences so when
1: did you come to la uh
2: 2017
1: so re- pretty recently and what what how like how what, what made you decide? Like, yeah, now's the time. I'm I'm gonna go to L.A.
2: Well, I visited here in 2013, and I went. My friends took me to you know that like the Venice canals that look like yes. mm-hmm. uh, like French. you know whatever Italian Mm -hmm. yeah gondolas right (laughs) oh my god so I was like this is where I and I found a hat so I was like I want to move here because I was kind of a hick then (laughs) and uh, and so I would visit every year and you know I I feel like every year something cool happened that I would come here and I was like yeah I definitely got to move here yeah so that was pretty much it I've been wanting to since out since you know I was 20 god 24 at the time 25 something like that
1: so you were also at, like you knew people before you got here then
2: yeah i had a lot of friends out here and um no family though but i had a lot of pals and uh one friend of mine was moving here around the same time so we just were like all right let's be roommates and you know make it work
1: were you doing stand-up before you got here
2: yes i started technically when i was 18 like i was a part of a duo Whoa. Yeah, I uh, called Tubby and Martin. That was our name. <laughs> my, my, my best friend from high school and college, Joshua Mays, uh, another very funny guy.
0: You guys met what in 1956 or something? Yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah, back in the day. Back. Tubby and Martin coming up. There. Yeah, he played the 500 Club. <laughs> we had a
2: radio show. You know? Oh you know. wow, yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, it was dope. Um, and <laughs>
1: like, what's the scene like in Alabama? Like, what?
2: It's not was there, very.
1: Was there a mic? An open mic, or just like?
2: We had one, and I was not uh, because I was too. I was eighteen, so I wasn't uh, able to get in. Uh, so I would just have. So the first time we like went. I had to like kind of wait outside Mm -hmm. and they were like, yeah, you can't get in. So I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll have to wait a few years. (laughs) And so that was
0: from the parking lot. (laughs) Yeah,
2: (laughs) that was basically it. I had to uh, wait a few years and then, you know, kept kind of showing up at 21 and then moved to New York for a little bit. Then back to Birmingham. And I was kind of like the big man on campus and Mm -hmm. then moved to Chicago and then came out here. Oh, that's a, yeah. right? that's a great track. That's a
0: great yeah. track. so you were in you were in New York City for a little bit mm-hmm. then you went to Chicago, yes, got into the second city.
2: yes.
1: That's a place to do Second City. Yes.
2: That is. Yeah. 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 I don't. Though I've always compared the Second City out here. And no offense to anyone who goes there or whatever. But it felt like I walked through there once or twice. And I was like, this feels like an inner city high school in a movie. <laughs> I was like, I don't <laughs> yeah. want to. just like this exposed brick and like all these two tiny rooms. I was like, I don't really. It's not the same. It's not the same.
1: Yeah. yeah so. I always feel. I don't even know what to say to people when I meet them that have started stand up in Los Angeles, because it's mm. so different here than anywhere else I've ever performed. So like I started in central Illinois, but got to perform in Indianapolis and Chicago and like in Texas and just doing tours the drive through there yeah. and here. It's like, it's a monster. It's yeah. just so different here. You, it, even though the scenes are smaller, I feel like, you're all very supportive of each other and you all want to do well. Like you all want to be on the same shows and everybody wants to see each other do well. And here you're like, yeah, one more bad person. Cool. It just makes me look better. You know, like there's that weird Mm -hmm. mentality of like, Oh, great. Another lunatic is here. Yeah. That kind of thing. Mm -hmm.
2: And it's, it's funny because we're like, Oh, you know, it's very cliquish in LA. It's very cliquish. It's like, it's kind of cliquish everywhere. But I think here, you know, People will kind of find their groups and like I'm 31 now, so I don't really I've got a dog. I'm like, I'd rather just go home with my dog. (laughs) I don't really care to, you know, got to hang out and socialize and comedy. I just, you know, I'll do my set and chill in the back, drink a water, say, hey, and then Mm -hmm. I want to go play with my dog.
1: (laughs) What kind of dog is it?
2: She is. uh, She's a mix, a pit mix, uh, four years old. Her name's Whitney. She is uh super super sweet, super cuddly, yeah. very um she has I don't, what, what's the word? A separation anxiety. Oh. Yeah. Oh, so man. that's so it's like Parts. You got to get home.
0: You got to get home. Yeah.
2: Because yeah, like as soon as she sees me like getting dressed, she just starts trembling. I'm like, dude, don't do that. I got to I got to go. I can't stay here with you forever. Can't so, have the guilt. Yeah. Uh, and she she has like the uh, the like real sad eyes, too. Mm. So it's harder like being a black dude too, like walking a sad eyed dog and having oh. to like, explain like, yo, I didn't that didn't abuse her whatever Uh, yeah a lot of explaining yeah you
0: (laughs) you could get pulled over for that right yeah exactly now you took all the risks you went to new york Mm -hmm. you went to chicago you did a lot of what in my generation i got to see those are the guys that made it right that took those risks who was your biggest fan and supporter that kind of enabled you to have that
2: courage Ooh, that's a good question um I'd say initially my dad uh, He he kind of pushed me um, To like Really go out there and do it You know um, And really like with everything even like relationships And with moving and living and so dad like
0: was a huge support there wasn't a like
2: get a real life kind of thing it was like you're an artist be an artist yeah my my dad um God bless him. yeah 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 and he he, he passed away unfortunately in oh. 2010 uh so he, he didn't get to see me go to chicago but the the whole new york trip he was like very much behind and uh i remember i i, I did competitive spit takes which was when jimmy <laughs> Fallon, yeah <laughs> When Jimmy Fallon <laughs> was like on, uh, I told him, I was like, Dad, okay, don't cry because I did this thing and, you know, but he was, he was Love like, that. oh, yeah. yeah. So. What's
0: your dad's name?
2: Keith, Keith Morrow.
0: Keith Morrow, what did he do?
2: Uh, he did a little bit of everything. He was okay. kind of a jack of all trades, um, but he, he went to school at TCU. He, he left, uh, he, so he actually was this weird child prodigy where he started school at 16. Um, wow. Yeah. And then. Like men's a smart. Yeah, yeah, it was insane. Uh, but I think he dropped out his junior year and then kind of bopped around at different jobs and stuff. So. And then,
1: then met mom and you came and...
0: Picked up the slack and on you go. Yeah, pretty yeah. much.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: Martin, I'm so excited to hear your songs. Let's dive in, shall we?
0: Let's do
2: it.
1: Oh, I forgot to tell you that uh, this entire episode is brought to you by Weed Sellers Wine. And we've got a special gift for you celebrating Ooh. the individual... We're celebrating the music Not infused with cannabis Just delicious wine
2: Yum yum It's called weed It's
1: called <laughs> weed <laughs> Sellers, your song number one
2: uh-huh.
1: Hold on to whatever you find baby uh-huh. Hold on to whatever will get you through There it is Yeah Little well, John Mayer Little
2: John Mayer off. 2009 I believe is when that song came out
1: I Don't oh. Trust Myself
2: yeah, in parentheses, with Loving You. With Loving You. Where does it take you? Uh, that takes me to my first real relationship. Uh, I was, think, entering my junior year of college, mm-hmm. and uh, I went back home that summer uh, to, I was doing some, I was working at a movie theater, my local Regal Cinemas, <laughs> and there was a girl who had started the year before, or she started, uh, I think, like the year before, and we didn't really interact that much but then like i came there one day and saw her and we started kind of sparking up conversation i was like feeling pretty swaggy mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh and yeah we just we started dating from there but being like an 18 year old i was very insecure and dumb and was like i was the most dramatic child <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> ever. can you
1: point to one secure 18 year old <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't think there's <laughs> a one
2: yeah but i was just so like what was her name uh abby yeah 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 and That's that,
0: cute. you clicked
2: yeah we, we were great but I um I just was very like uh, you know like so the opening line of that song is uh I, or one of the lines is I will beg my way into your garden and I'll break my out break my way out when it rains just to get back to the place where it all started so I can want you back all over again right and that kind of resonated with me of this like idea of you know, when you get in in a relationship that you're, like, happy with and, you you know, you're content, but then you're like, oh, things are too good. (laughs) I got to break, you know, I got to get out of this. And then, like, once you're out, you're like, oh, no, I want to go back there, you know, that kind of thing. But that's kind of, like, you know, who I was for a while with a lot of relationships and I mean, think it, it took therapy and stuff to be like, yeah. oh, this is why X Y Z happens. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And and are you still connected with Abby? Or
2: we talk. It's, it's funny because she'll <laughs> she'll like drunkenly Facetime me every now and then, uh-huh. and she like has she moved she moved in with her she has a new boyfriend and stuff. So I think that was, gosh, two years ago maybe. Uh-huh. But yeah, every now and then she'll you know Facetime me. Like she she w- she became manager at the movie theaters. And so I quit. So because they have like a was it a frat fraternizing? Yeah, role? yeah,
0: nepotism, fraternizing. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: or yeah. you can't like you can't be a manager and also date an employee. So I was like, all right, then I'll leave. So you can be a manager. And then I think she was there. How
1: noble of you,
2: yeah. Uh, I'll do what I can. Yeah. <laughs> I got
1: in like movie popcorn anyway. It's no big deal. No, they made me pay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what?
2: Yeah, they still made me pay most of the time. Some, some, sometimes. You know, the I didn't markup have to.
1: is like seven hundred percent. Yeah,
2: yeah, it was insane. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, um and also if you, uh, no one should ever work in a movie theater. Well, <laughs> I was I was
0: I was just going to ask because I, I I I I go to the to, to the the Regals and and all of the big showcase cinema type things, and uh I mean, what 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 is it? What's that job like?
2: Oh boy, it's um, it's a lot of cleaning, mm-hmm. um. And our 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 boss, uh, he used to say, "If you got time to lean, you got time to clean." (laughs) I got
0: that same lecture when I was a yeah. Yeah. That's that's a great one.
2: And so I got hired with like two or three other people, and one guy legitimately had a uh, uh, what do you call it? He had like an ailment where his leg, like he couldn't walk properly, but he would just he would use that so wisely. He'd be Mm. like, "Yeah." You know, if he tells me that, I'm just going to be like, my legs, sir. Wow. I was like, yeah, you. <laughs> this guy is brilliant.
0: Now, uh, w- w- when the lights go down and the movie's playing, you guys, like, all go smoke pot and just, like, go to your cars and sleep. Is that what happens? Or no, because
2: like? we, we have to still, like, walk up and down the aisles for different movies and have stuff. Have you like ever that. come
0: across anything salacious or weird? Oh, yeah. or uh, Yeah, yeah. There Care is. To share? <laughs>
2: yeah, there is <was> one time. <laughs> There was one time, um, <laughs> sir, madam, could you please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much that, where you know this couple was hooking up uh, during Chicken Little. I don't know if you guys remember what? That yeah, one. yeah. Um, the sky is that one falling? Yeah, that one. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, the little 3D one. And so I was like, all right, I'm not gonna, I don't want to bother them. And then I adults
1: in a kid movie hook. Yeah, yeah. I think there were
2: only two people in there. Either maybe there was one other person, but I'm pretty sure. I feel like they're the only two because it was like a Saturday afternoon. Mm-hmm. So. And left, and then my manager was like, "Hey, did you see two people in there, like, you know, doing stuff?" And I was like, uh "No, but I'll, I'll go back." He was like, "Yeah, go in there, tell him to stop." And I was like, "All right." And it was oh. it was so awkward being like, "Hey guys," and like the seeing this dude get up off his knees and wipe his mouth, and he's like, oh, yeah. he's, "He's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sir." And I'm like, "I'm I'm a boy. I'm not a sir." But yeah, yeah just stop. You can't do that in the in Chicken Little, <laughs> like,
0: sir. Stop eating out your girlfriend. Like, how do you Yeah. That's what he was oh, doing, Pretty much. Yeah, that's what he was doing. Oh, I'm getting tingly. I
1: pretended, like, in my head, in my vision, I was like, oh, this is going to feel like my only shot at doing porn, <laughs> where I don't have to do porn, Yeah. <laughs> where you walk in there you're like, here's the files, and then you, like, walk off w- awkwardly. Like, it doesn't help this scene at like all. Like, the extra? <laughs> <laughs> the extra
2: in the porn. Chicken Little was, like, a cursed movie in our theater, because there was one, that was... Um, I don't know if you guys remember House of Wax, the remake they did with Paris Hilton. Vaguely. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> they, so at the end of a movie's run, and I don't, I don't know if they do that out here or do it anymore, but we at the end of a movie's run, we would kind of double it up with another film. Uh, so that way, like during the day, you know, you'd play Chicken Little, and at night we'd switch it over to okay. uh, yeah, so, so House of Wax. Or yeah, yeah. Or yeah, whatever the bigger movie or R-rated movie, yeah, whatever yeah. it was. Um so, whoever was supposed to switch them out didn't, Mm-mm. and we had a big group of kids there to watch Chicken Little. And House of Wax starts off insane because I think it opens with like a family loudly, violently. And uh very swearingly getting murdered, oh so right. wow. <laughs> it was perfect. Yeah, so like so many parents came out complaining like, "What the? What are you? What is this trash oh. on the screen?" Yeah, and in Birmingham
0: too. Yeah, and, oh Ooh, yeah,
2: it mm. was that was something. That was mm. a treat. We traumatized a lot of children. <laughs> we had to give <laughs> out a bunch of refunds. Nice, perfect. Yeah,
1: all that from John Mayer, huh? <laughs> all that from John. <laughs> See so you have the tune shuffle. <laughs> All right, here's your song number two. All right. You can look me in my eyes, see I'm ready for whatever. Anything don't kill me, make me better. I ain't dead, nigga. You can take the fame and the chutter and the game and the deal. I love the lyrics of this. Yeah. It's surprising. Yeah. This is T.I. Motivation.
2: Yeah. Uh So, yeah, this is another album I had in uh high school and college. Um, And it's funny because like I hadn't listened to it in a long time and was just kind of going through a rough patch. I want to say like a year ago or a little less than a year ago and randomly thought of this song Mm -hmm. and just would anytime I was feeling down or was like going to the gym or, you know, was angry at someone or whatever. I would play the song to be like, you know what? Don't don't worry about what other people are thinking. This is use that as motivation, like use that fuel to your fire. And I, I think it's carried me a long way.
1: Do you know the backstory behind this song?
2: Uh, I, I don't personally. I would assume, you know, Ti T- I feel has gone through a lot as well. Yeah, yeah.
1: He's actually really um, philanthropic. Like he does a lot of work for his local community, and like he donates a lot of money for charity stuff. Mm-hmm. But he wrote this song when he was, he was in jail, and he was serving time for like breaking his parole violation mm-hmm. for something. Mm-hmm. He was just wrongly accused of something that he didn't do. Yeah, and he was like, well. I could turn the I could be like mad and sad and upset and like bitter about this, or I could turn my dark side into a bright side, and so he wrote this song while he was serving time
0: Wow, that's where's he from Atlanta oh he's from Atlanta, okay. yeah yeah
1: so this is this is like the soundtrack to college then for you kind of uh
2: a little I'd say it's like the the a little bit of that, but also I feel like a uh, a, a resurgence, I, or I guess, like you know, if it's in the first movie, a, a la college, then it also appears in the sequel mm-hmm. as some sort of sequence of my thirties. Um, so but, this
1: is like come up again for you, then. Oh yeah, yeah.
2: Nice. I, I love it. Like I said, anytime I'm feeling like in a fuck these people kind of mood, mm-hmm. this is the song that I put on, and it 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 calms me. I think it motivates me a lot. I mean, you know, it's called motivation. Yeah. Uh, so it's such a positive like you know if you if let them do what they do um like a friend of mine told me once uh he said um you know you have to get okay with sometimes people not liking you
1: oh yeah yeah it's hard
2: Uh, Mm oh it's so hard and Mm -hmm. especially i you know i always try to like my whole thought process of my career and life in general was like get people to like you no matter what um so having someone kind of put lay it out there for me like that like you know, some people aren't going to like you. You got to be okay with that, and you got to keep it moving. Was like, yeah, you're right. P- you know, people are going to talk whatever they want to say. They're going to do whatever they want to do. Right. It- it's a matter of uh, really just pushing yourself to do better and be better.
0: Right. Do you do you take your music with you pretty much everywhere you go? Like, if you got uh, obviously on your phone, you can access your your you. Are, like my wife is a headphones person. Mm. Wherever she goes, she's got her headphones, and she can access her music to recenter refocus you know get over it. are you that way as well or oh yeah you're always with your music
2: yeah I'll I'll uh sit in my car so like if I'm doing a show mm-hmm. that I might be nervous about or whatever mm-hmm. I'll go like sit in my car and kind of mm-hmm. like play a song that'll pump me up or whatever uh, I'm a big wrestling fan as well so oh wow oh yeah, yeah. so I have like a lot of <laughs> like wrestling themes too that I'll like play mixed in with like songs like this uh-huh. that'll just kind of pump me up or you know get me. And it, it's funny. I, I remember uh, when I lived in Chicago, I would. <laughs> someone told me I, I had this tendency to embody whatever I'm listening to. So, <laughs> so I was like listening to a wrestling theme, and like my chest was kind of puffed out, and my face was a little you know angry and whatnot. And they were like, "Yeah, I wanted to say hey to you, but you looked real scary, so I didn't say <laughs> anything." I was like, "Oh, I'm sorry. I was just listening to you know whatever." So. <laughs>
1: Now, as I like a young, I call this the, the older brother syndrome, like mm-hmm. someone that kind of introduces you to music. So when you were young, did you have someone like that or were you? OK, go ahead.
2: Yeah. yeah uh, my cousin's husband uh, at the time, Philip, he was like a big, you know, hip hop head. Mm-hmm. And before that, you know, I just listened to whatever my mom played, yep. uh, as most people do. So just like radio stuff. But he was the one who really put me on to like Southern rap, like Outkast and uh Three Six Mafia yeah. groups like that. Um so yeah, I, I owe a lot of my my ear now to him.
1: so Philip. Thanks Philip. Yeah, thanks Philip. Yeah. <laughs>
2: the motivator. Yes.
1: All right. Well speaking of, here is your song number
0: three.
1: Uh, I'm Phil Collins' lover.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like this is one of the songs where you—I love this song. I haven't heard it in a decade. Ah, yeah. you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. And, and, oh yeah, yeah. Why on earth? What is this yeah, all did you about? Find this song what's, what's it mean to you? This
2: is this is my go-to cry song. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so when I mentioned my dad passed away, uh, so it was it was uh, June of 2010. Um, he was in the hospital, and I, I think it was. Like right before he died Or maybe after Um, But I remember I believe it was before Because I was driving to the hospital And this song Randomly came on the radio Mm. And I hadn't heard it before Mm -hmm. Um, But listening to it kind of deeply You know, again You're stuck in a car For however many minutes Mm -hmm. Um, Minutes yeah. Well was, you know, it's uh, in Alabama, Alabama traffic's yeah. a lot different <laughs> than, <laughs> it took me five minutes to get to work <laughs> versus five days. Yeah. Oh yeah. So uh, going
0: going going to the hospital.
2: Yeah, and um just kind of considering a lot of my dad's life, um and the struggles he dealt with, you know. Uh so he uh he, he battled like a lot of addictions, that be it uh, alcohol and drugs, things of that nature. Um and so, before he died, uh, I'd graduated college, like right before, and he had relapsed when I was doing my internship in New York, um, and I, I had kind of written him off, like, okay, you know, you relapsed again. I don't, I'm an adult now. I don't want to deal with it. Blah 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 blah. Um, and so, uh, at th- at that juncture, I'd moved back. Was really hoping he would. It, I, d- I hadn't written him off yet, but I, w- I was hoping he'd be at my graduation and he missed it. So that was like kind of a, that was the big, like, all right, I'm done kind of thing. Um, and then he had, a few days after that, he had asked me for, he had asked me to meet with him for lunch. And I was like, all right, sure. And I get down there and, uh, and I'm, and I'm still kind of mad. And I'm like, you yeah. know, yeah, I don't really want to do this. Um, you know, I'm done with you. And then he uh, then he, he was like, okay, well, can I have, can I have some money? And I was like, no, I'm not going to give you any money. And then he was like, all right. So then he, we were going to go in to eat and he was like, all right, pay the lady. I was like, no, I, you, uh, you told me you were taking me to lunch. I'm not going to pay for, (laughs) I'm not going to pay for the lunch that you invited me to. And so then he asked me for some gas money. I was like, no, I'm not, you know, I'm not doing that. And, um, so then like, I, I think he, he had, Uh, he made it to wherever he was going and uh like the next call i got from him was like a few days later and he's he was in the hospital and said he had had a heart attack um so you know at first i thought it was like kind of a a ruse or whatever um but you know it was it was serious and he had he was 43 at the time i believe yeah um 43 46 somewhere around there um but uh you know, go in and, uh, it looked like he was going to have a recovery. Like he, he had open heart surgery, all that stuff. And I remember taking pictures of him and being like, you know, when he, when he gets back up on his feet and like, Hey, this is why you can't do drugs anymore. And why you can't drink anymore. You have to protect yourself. You have to protect your heart. Um, and then that, it was that morning I got a call from my mom and she was in Atlanta because, like I said, we all thought, okay, he's gonna be fine. uh and she was like, hey, they said something happened at the hospital, so you gotta get down there. Like it was like four something in the morning, mm. oh, and uh, drive to the hospital. Uh, and then my stepdad actually called me, and he just said, I'm so sorry. And I go, what are you talking about? And he goes, I'm so sorry. And I hung up, and I ran to the room, and I saw like you know all the tubes and stuff are out of him because he was he was gone. Uh, so yeah, this song kind of brings me back to that place of really having to think about what brings people to certain places, um, good or bad. Because I, I think a lot of times in life we we tend to want to write people off because we feel wronged by them, or we we have to view things in black and white because that's you know that's what we watch on TV and movies and things of that nature. But people do have gray areas and going to his funeral was like the thing that resonated with me the most because you know, here are all these people I've never met, never talked to. And all of them are like, yeah, he loved you so much. And he talked about you so much. And Mm -hmm. so I, uh, I don't know. It, it, for a while it put me in this kind of space of like, like I was angry really at the world, you know, like I I didn't really let a lot of people in relationship wise. Uh, I was kind of cold to my mom because I felt like, uh, I felt like, oh, uh, you know, you put this in my head of who he was. Um,
1: I get that, yeah,
2: yeah, and uh, and and it, it took like a few years and a lot of like failing and falling down and trying to invest so much into my career and like I don't need love, I don't need relationships, I don't need anybody. I'll just you know mm-hmm. push, 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 and uh, and then kind of oh, therapy actually is what yeah. made me realize like. Oh, I never, and even my mom said, it, she was like, you never grieved your dad's death. Like literally the, the he died that morning that night. I went and did a, an open mic that Wednesday. I was in Atlanta doing, you know, I drove to Atlanta with some friends to do an open mic. And, uh, I remember crying on the way back and they were like, Oh boy. Um, <laughs> awkward. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think uh, th- this song was always my like a- after hearing it the, that initial time and having to pull over because I was crying so hard in my car. Uh, this has kind of become my like if I need to get it out, cry song. Because uh, I, I, you know, I'm sure you know this, David, but like a lot of a lot of men, like we were not allowed to mm-hmm. eat, not a, I don't want to say a lot, but there was a big stigma on emoting or crying or like mm-hmm. be a man, man up, you know that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So this is my, like, private cry song. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain by Willie Nelson is mine. Yeah. Yeah, that'll bring it up. Mm. And it, it, it's wrought with story behind it. And that's it's what we love about this show, is that this is why the tunes shuffle. And just listening to the story in and of itself is, is you know, tragically beautiful yeah. and identifiable. And then we have this universal... Groove like Phil Collins hammering that out has never met you or your dad, yet there's that connection. I think it's what really, it's why it's why we do the show and why I I, you know in this day and age, especially now. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, I definitely do identify. I think a lot of people do. Yeah. Wow. Now I'm gonna cry. Oh, <laughs> No, <laughs> lo- but I love it. I've always been a
2: cryer. Oh yeah.
0: It's just yeah. But like like you say, there's it's harder for guys sometimes. To,
2: yeah. I oh, like, now I. I like my cry song. Oh, dude. Now I cry all the time. Like yeah. I, I saw. Um, Honey. Have you guys seen Honey Boy yet? No. Oh. oh, dude. That one. Like anything that is that has to deal with like dads or dad mm-hmm. like dad son relationships. So yeah. Honey Boy. I was. Uh, I went to see Due Date when that came out with. Um, Robert Downey Jr. and Zach Galifianakis. Yeah. And I was like bawling. And my friend was like, yo, what is? this is not a cry movie. You okay? And I'm like, yeah, just yeah. the dad part. You know.
0: It's nice to be tapped in, though. Oh, yeah. It's so nice to be tapped in. Oh, it's the best. I wish more people would understand that. I yeah. remember
1: in my late 20s having specific conversations with girlfriends where we realized that like men had emotions. Because mm. we were kind of conditioned to grow up thinking, like, you don't feel things. And we were just objects that you were supposed to tell us what to do and then like our late 20s we we're like oh they feel and like they want to talk about st- like oh this is how oh okay <laughs> it was like a really big kind of awakening for I would say a good year and a half or so like realizing like oh these this other our counterparts like they they want to talk about stuff like it was very wow. hard and cool all at the same time so thank you for sharing that thank you all right song number four
2: What? you all appreciate it
1: mama thank you thank you two dear mama Martin tell us about the song why did you pick this song
2: this song uh, <laughs> so here goes another cry one um I was I want to say eight or nine years old and my mom was driving me uh, I think back from school or something like it was an afternoon and this song was playing on the radio 957 jams.
0: 957
2: jams. 957 jams, which I ironically <laughs> ended up working at later on Sweet. in the week. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, and but yeah, the song was playing and again, just like actually hearing the word and letting them resonate as a as a child, and I I was like <laughs> booing in the back seat, and my mom turned around. <laughs> 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 my mom turned around, she goes, What happened? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> and I just go the song <laughs> like mm-hmm. that, but mm-hmm. I uh, I wasn't. Well, what yet. was
1: she driving? Uh, Do you remember?
2: God, what was it? I don't remember that car. Oh <laughs> yeah, because she she yeah she's gone through a lot of cars. Sure. Uh, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> what happened like that? I was like the song, uh, <laughs>
0: right between the eyes yeah. uh, <laughs> to the heart.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. I I'm a big mama's boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, especially just growing up in like a single parent home with you know just me and her, um, and. A lot of it resonated, again, like I think any time, you know, when you're a little kid and you make your mom cry, I think it's, it, it hurts so much deeper. Um, and so there were like, like the fact that these memories stuck with me, <laughs> like I feel like this says a lot. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so I think at one point, so my, my dad, uh, when I was, like I said, eight or nine, he started dating a woman named Patty who lived in Atlanta and she had a really nice house. Uh, And so i I think I went over to visit them like one weekend or something and uh, it was a fun trip and you know, I came back and I think I got in trouble for doing something dumb and I said something like, I like my dad more than you, which yeah, which like Mm -hmm. being, Mm -hmm. being the mom who's doing all this, the work, work, all this stuff, you know, uh, she broke like she was hurt mm. and like that killed me like anything that hurts my mom kills me mm-hmm. yeah.
1: um did you ever tell her that
2: tell her that did i you ever
1: tell her like i remember i made you cry and it like killed me
2: no i haven't no um i think we've, you're welcome mom now you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> i feel like because we, we've had so many other moments and memories mm-hmm. of like oh my god like when i was a senior in high school and i, I, was, I was i was like i said every other year i do something bad but my senior year was like, halfway through was my good year. I did like white poop on a kid's truck once because he made me mad. White uh, poop. Okay. Yeah, yeah you have yeah. to sometimes. Right. You got it. Mm-hmm. You know. He, yeah, he pranked poop. me. Got to prank him back and mm-hmm. but take it to the extreme. But uh, <laughs> for the most part, I was I was a good kid that year. And uh, you know, I was didn't drink, didn't do drugs, came home early. Um, but this was there was one night where I stayed out I think till midnight. Like Ooh. yeah, yeah, <laughs> and uh, like. Five or six in the morning, I woke up to my mom hitting me with a belt. <gasps> yeah. And I'd never, I'd only, she'd only spanked me once. That's when I was eight. And I think I got one spanking from my dad. I only had two spankings my whole life. Wow. And here I am, you know, 16, 17 years old right. getting hit by my mom. I'm like, what are you, I'm like, what are At you six doing? six in the morning with a belt. Right. I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? She's like, you should know better not to come home. And then I'm like, I'm a good kid. I'm just crying I'm crying again. I'm like, I'm a good kid. I am just crying crying again i am like i am a good kid i do not do anything bad. I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I try to make good grades. And I'm like, I'm done. I'm out And I like left. I, like oh. so I started like walking down the street. then like I grabbed a bunch of stuff and walked out. and then like she came out after like came out after me, and then we we went back in and we started like we talked and cried together. And I think it just like really strengthened our relationship for that time. And now, like, you know, we try to talk almost every day, and
1: uh, even now,
2: even now, yeah, wow, uh, yeah. So we, we have a very strong. Relationship. What's what's what? It, uh, my mom lives
0: alone mm-hmm. right now. What is does your mom live alone, or she got
2: she got remarried? Oh, okay. in two thousand nine or ten, somewhere okay. around there. Yeah, okay. two thousand nine.
0: Yeah. All right, so that's been a, a minute. That yeah, know yeah, my yeah, stepdad and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. yeah, and she she lives in Alabama still, but works in Florida, so she's always kind of on the go and what does Does she do do? uh right now she does school turnaround so she 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 was a special ed teacher for like half of her career and then worked in administration for the rest of her career and basically she goes to school in florida and like i guess they have failing grades so she helps them she tells like the principals and teachers like well, you should try this and do this, and like this should help the students, and this will motivate them and things like that. The yeah. Oh, basically. okay. Yeah, yeah,
0: consultant type stuff. Yeah, pretty oh, much. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That's Education. Pretty amazing. Yeah. 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 It's a great job. Yeah. Well, God
1: bless you, Mama. Thank you for bringing us, Martin, mm-hmm. and all these songs. This is your song number five. When you michael mcdonald welcome oh. to why tune triple oh, the
0: first <laughs> another like oh it's been a decade or
2: more <laughs> love <laughs> this song it's
1: called sweet freedom sweet freedom that's your song number five
2: why uh this was like my college anthem like this was yeah what Wait, yeah. where did you go auburn university oh you went to auburn yes oh, okay. sir okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah um so the aforementioned tubby josh uh he was, one day we're in my dorm and he was like Dude, have you seen this Yacht Rock, which was on uh, Channel One, I believe it was called or One on One, something like that? It was um, the one that uh, Dan Harmon he used to run, mm-hmm. uh, but they had this like little short series called Yacht Rock, which was uh, like these kind of fictionalized stories on the creation of various songs from like Michael McDonald and Kenny Loggins and uh, you know Hall and Oates people of that nature.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
2: And. Uh, we thought they were just the funniest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. And so it introduced me to Michael McDonald, and I was enamored with him. Like, I w- immediately went out, and uh, I think I may have shoplifted <laughs> <like> this, <laughs> the greatest hit because I, I didn't have money for it, sure, and I was like, I'm not going to spend,
0: But you need it. Yes. Yeah. He, he made a buttload
2: yeah. off that. Right? Anyway. Yeah.
0: So, so it was when you were in... Was this Yacht Rock, was it like a parody of these guys initially?
2: Kind of, but it was like still... Uh, very respectful oh, for okay. the most part. Okay. But, but like Ma- Michael McDonald was like the main hero of, of, of the Yacht service. Rock. That's, yeah. That's so funny. And I've been to like two of his concerts now. <laughs> ah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So yeah.
1: What well, was your uh, dorm situation like?
2: Oh boy. Uh, initially it was like, uh, I had, I shared a room with this guy named James who was super Christian and weird. Mm-hmm. Like he slept under his bed. Uh-huh. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, we had like two other guys who were kind of like bro Uh One guy had like a very small head named Wes. Um, <laughs> where, small where, head Wes. Yeah. He had yeah. a tiny head, but like, you know, muscles, but his head was so small yeah. and very blonde hair. But, he, you know, he was a nice guy. Um, and this other guy we just never saw. Um, but, but so I would always have like frequent visitors because, you know, I, when I moved there or when I, when I moved to Auburn from – my hometown like there are a few other people who graduated with me and some people who graduated the year before me who were also in band and so we all just kind of like were stuck together yeah mm-hmm. yeah um but but Tuppy was like the main one and we would just always you know sing or write or do we did pretty much everything together I so love that. yeah
1: yeah you find some of your best your best mates yeah in college yeah yeah
2: good years at auburn yeah oh yeah yeah, uh, yeah. that's cool yeah but uh, <laughs> but yeah i Love like I literally I drove or not, I, I took a mega bus 11 hours from Chicago to Alabama to see Michael McDonald in 2011 or 12, I believe. Wow. Did got you a,
0: have a partner to do that with or you went on your own?
2: My mo- So I, I went on my own, but my mom got the tickets because it was they were, uh They're playing at the school that she was principal at. Ah. Oh. And yeah. Oh, my God. It was amazing and uh, I remember there's like this old lady who sat next to me, and uh, my friend Chris came as well. So it was me, my mom, and Chris. Mm-hmm. And my mom was like, yeah, you're going to be able to meet him afterwards. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. What? So.
1: You met Michael McDonald?
2: Yes, I have a picture with him. Wow! That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Was he
1: everything you hoped?
2: Uh, he was the nicest dude. Yeah. Yeah, and then I saw him again at the Hollywood Bowl uh, last year along with Christopher Cross and uh, Kenny Loggins. Amazing. Yeah. And wow. Kenny Loggins played the song that I keep telling people, like I want played at my funeral, which is <laughs> uh, "Celebrate Me Home." Yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. I got to
0: get off my ass and, and go to more concerts. I, I, when I was younger, I was always
2: at concerts. I haven't been for so long. Wow. Yeah, well, I got him out here. Jo- I think the Jonas Brothers was the last concert I went to. I was gonna
1: say we're just about to get to that. Uh, thank you for your fave five songs. Thank you. We'd love actually to hear the first memory, the memory of your very first concert.
2: Ooh, my very first concert. So, Birmingham had a lot of like um, kind of concert, what do you call them? Like festival things? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, So, the very first performance I saw live was Lou Bega. Wow. Yeah. Mr. Mabo number five himself. Wow. Yeah. And he did, and I, I was one, like, one, two, three, four, four five, yeah, everybody, yeah, yeah. and yeah.
0: How did you get that one? It was just he happened to be there, and you were at the right age, right time. Pretty much, oh, I think okay. you know. Yeah. I'm sure my
2: mom bought me tickets, um, and so oh, I, yeah,
1: you told a very funny story. Yeah, the other show. This is, yeah, 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 true story. Yeah.
2: I, I went. He did mambo number five. <laughs> <laughs> and then he he played some other song. we were like, we don't know what that is. Lubega, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then he goes, "Y'all want to hear mambo number five again?" And we we're like, "Yeah." And then he played it again and left. Like that was the end of the concert. <laughs> and,
0: and then he bookended Mambo Number Five with one other song, and yes, that was the show. That was the whole
2: show. And he so he knows
0: I, how to do it.
2: Well, I, I found I found out later. So, I, I, like two years, two three years ago, I found out that uh, he knew that that was going to be his only hit. He was like, "This is all I got." So <laughs> what he would do is he would like basically go throughout the country. He would play. Just two or three songs, uh, collect his check, and then go do like more performances throughout the day. So that way, he was just building up money mm-hmm. by doing the same songs over and over again in, in a day or a weekend or whatever. I was like, that's, that's genius. G- wow. it's, yeah, yeah, that's
0: that's before the whole sort of like one hit. I, uh, one hit wonders have always been around, but mm-hmm. you never really hear how they capitalize on them. Before, I, I'm trying to think of that one Korean kid who did that song. That Sai? Was yeah i think so.
2: gangnam style yeah yep.
0: gangman style yeah
2: like like he,
0: he could make his money off that one song on the internet but this guy had to go around he had to tour yeah to, tour. to do it that's cool
1: Mamo number five i have a connection if you don't mind me sharing yeah. but Momo number five i was maybe a junior in high school and my parents were separated so my mom had her own bedroom and my sister and i shared another bedroom and the way they kind of worked like when i came out of my bedroom My mom would sit on her bed and she could see down the hall, like what we were doing, like walking back and forth. So (laughs) we would, uh, we would have these like family clean nights where we would turn the stereo on and everyone had to clean. Like that's we're it's Thursday we're cleaning. Okay. Mm -hmm. We're going to clean for the weekend. And uh, and this song came on the radio, Mama Number Five, and I was like, I love this song. <laughs> and I was very shy because my sister was not shy, and everyone in the family was like, Well, Felicia, you're so talented, you're so funny, you're so smart, you're so you do all the things. So no one had ever seen me dance, no one had ever heard me sing, no one had no one knew like how what was brewing inside. <laughs> and so Mama Number Five comes on, and I was like, I am Madonna, and I just danced. All the way across, like where my mom was like laying on the bed, taking wow. a break. And she's just watching me for the first time dance to Mamo Number 5.
0: That's wow. incredible. Mm-hmm. That's a that. Y-Tune shuffle mm-hmm. connection. Yeah. If I ever hoed one.
2: <laughs> Lou Bega bringing families together. Huh? I love
1: it. Yeah. Uh, and what about the last concert? Last show you saw live?
2: Last show I saw live, uh, I think, was the Jonas Brothers, actually. Amazing. Yeah. A friend of mine. uh, she works for one of the like big media conglomerate companies or whatever. Concert venues here. It was like, hey, I got tickets to the Jonas Brothers. You want to go? Mm. And I'm not. Yeah, I never was like a really. I loved burning up. That was like the only Jonas Brothers song I really knew at the time.
1: But now you're a sucker for
2: you. Oh my god, <laughs> dude! They they put on a show. Yes. Like I don't know if they are listening to this. I hope they are. <laughs> they. <laughs> I will go to any. There are songs. That I wore out on my spot, like at the, at the end. You know how they do the end of the year review of like, oh, these are the songs you listen to the most on Spotify. Like three of those songs were like in the top like five percent of songs that I listened to the most of uh, last year.
1: T.I. is like embarrassed to hear you
2: say that. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I'm so sorry, T.I. But, dude, they are talented. Yeah. Uh, And they they, like at one point ran up this. This is at the Hollywood Bowl again. They like ran up the stairs and (gasps) played uh, in that little back area and stuff. Oh, my God. They put on a show. They had little costume changes It was like a movie going on in the background a visual of them is like young boys but now they're men it was like this whole wow. through line
0: you got to have it in concerts today I mean I back in the day you'd go and they'd play their instruments and they'd sing their songs and say good night you know yeah. and then yeah. you know Elvis has left the building yeah now it's 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 an epic it's got to be a complete total show pyrotechnic yeah. I love it
2: I Get love pretty. it. well it's funny because that's like what you know what you mentioned is what uh you know McDonald. Uh, Cross and Loggins did. They just, you know, played their set. You know, they would have like various acoustic songs or whatever mm-hmm. and they just had the one where they all come out together and I think they did Ride Like the Wind, maybe mm-hmm. as the last song. And I was like this is they didn't have any, you know, Pyro or any big video visuals. It was just them doing their songs. But I think that what what I like about music is that there's something for everybody, mm-hmm. be it live or, you know, in your car or working out or sad, whatever.
0: Music is like mom without music there would be no other form of entertainment yeah i honestly believe it was the first thing was you know and then from there everything else in entertainment came i think i don't know for sure
2: yeah thank you caveman guy yeah thank you you (laughs) thank you ug and thug
1: Martin, this has been so much fun. Thank you for sharing your songs and your stories. Seriously, it's been really cool Wonderful. to chat with you. Thank you, guys. What is your corner of the internet? How do listeners find you and agree with you and your amazing song choices?
2: Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Martin M. Morrow. Marles, but like tomorrow. Uh, and also follow my show, Husky Boys Comedy. Husky Boys Comedy. Husky Boys Comedy. Husky Boys Comedy. Husky Boys Comedy.
1: Uh, Martin Rowe, thank you again. This has been such a pleasure. David Earl Waterman, a.k.a. Hollywood's Secret Weapon. Thank Mm -hmm. you so much for being the best co-host ever. Love you. Thank you again to Weed Sellers Wine. Celebrate the individual, celebrate the music. I've been Maggie Mayfield. And if you haven't already, please like, subscribe, and share. We are on all the social platforms at Y-Tunes Shuffle.
0: This episode of Y-Tunes Shuffle has been brought to you by Weed Sellers Wine. Celebrate the individual, celebrate the music.